Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Man, it's been, it's been four weeks since I've preached and I lost 20 pounds, so I'm scared. I'm ready to preach. Open up your Bibles, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here we go. It says, but you, look at the person next to you, tell them, but you. Tell them, no, you, 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 you. Not the person next to you, you. Tell them you. Look into their eyes until they feel uncomfortable. Tell them you. Tell them I told you it's you. It says, but you will receive power. Can I get a little bit more on the monitors? Can you, you will receive power. That word is the word power, authority. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life. That the Holy Spirit is not going to just come into your life and his presence is not just his presence. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he comes with something and he comes with power. Someone shout power. Now the same writer that writes this in Acts chapter 1, he also writes a book called the book of Luke. And look what he says in the book of Luke. He says, verse 19 of chapter 10, he says, behold, this word behold is to pay attention. Hey, lean in. I need you to, hey, look at here. Look what I'm, you're not just hearing, you're listening. Look at here. Behold, I'm going to give you something, but I can't, you can't just take it. I need you to be mindful about what I'm about to give you. Behold, I give you, everybody shout, authority. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you another translation puts it this way it says absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in your authority the title to my message this is what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today and this is what he kept reminding me he said Ro tell my children that they are more powerful than they know. (sighs) I don't know who needs to receive that today. He says, tell my children that they are more powerful than they know. So my title to this message is this. Look at the person next to you and tell them what the title is. It says, power up. Tell them power up. Tell them power up. Tell them power up. Say, we're going to power up in our authority. We're going to power up in our finances. We're going to power up in our decisions. This is the year that Christ Uncensored powers up. This is the year that we experience financial breakthrough power up. This is the year that we step in everything that God has for us power up. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak, oh God, to your children, to your people, Lord God, that we may realize as we walk out this place today that we are more powerful than we could ever imagine. That we're done allowing things to take territory in our lives, but we are going to walk and take territory. And we're going to step into everything that you have for our church, for us as individuals and collectively as a community. Father, I pray that we walk in the authority that you've made available. I pray that you allow me to preach this message in 41 minutes and 35 seconds. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, come on, can we give the Lord a shout of praise one more time in this room? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of weird things um, 
growing up in church, and the reason I've seen a lot of weird things is because I was raised in a small Spanish-speaking Pentecostal church. And when you're raised in a small Spanish-speaking Pentecostal church, you see a lot of weird things. Number one, because everything is the devil. And if you know what I'm talking about, you were raised in a small Spanish-speaking Pentecostal church, everything is of the devil. Because if you listen to rock music, rock music is of the devil. Rap music is of the devil. You play pool, it's of the devil. You go to the pool, it's of the devil. You watch Smurfs, it's of the devil. You celebrate Halloween, oh no, you're going to hell. It's not only weird because of everything's the devil, but also it's because of the Holy Spirit. Because if it wasn't the devil, it was also the Holy Spirit. Like, as a kid, I want you to imagine that at eight years old, you're in a church, and they tell you certain things of the Holy Spirit, and you're like, and then they tell you, hey, do you want the Holy Spirit? I'm like, I pass. Because everything was weird in the Holy Spirit. I promise you, I was eight years old, I see somebody fall flat on their back, and the pastor says, that was the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, like, as eight years old, like, you're traumatized. Now we understand that a little bit more. But, like, you see somebody speaking in tongues. You're like, I don't even know what they're saying. Pastor says, is the Holy Spirit. And it gets all weird, right? Like, I've literally seen people do things in the name of the Holy Spirit. I saw a lady shake so bad she banged her head on the, the, the podium or, or the, the, the pew. And she said, oh, the Holy Spirit caught me. And the pastor's like, who wants the Holy Spirit? I'm like, that was getting on me. I will keep it right here, two-stepping it the whole time. You need the Holy Spirit. And then he's prophesying, he's snitching on people. Holy Spirit snitching on people. I'm telling you, it gets weird. And my concern is that this is what we, we see because sometimes, and this is something that I heard in, in the Bible Project um, uh, podcast. Any Bible Project fans here? The Bible Project podcast, what they, they had two hosts, and one of the hosts was saying, hey, we, I was raised in a camp where everything was the Holy Spirit. I mean, you found $5, or the cashier register person gave you extra cash. You didn't do the right thing. You said that was the Holy Spirit trying to bless you financially. Like, everything was the Holy Spirit. Someone got slain, Holy Spirit. Someone spoke in tongues, is the Holy Spirit. Prophecy, Holy Spirit. Everything was the Holy Spirit. You got to hear the Holy Spirit. And then you have the other host who was saying, I was raised in a church where there was no Holy Spirit. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. There was no Holy Spirit. Like, no, prophecy, you can't do that here. Speaking tongues, you can't do that here. Dancing, you can't do that here. Now, this is amazing because I hear just in, in these two hosts that you have pretty much the polarizing spectrums of what you see in the body of Christ. And what you'll see is that you have, you have a camp that says that the Holy Spirit is everything, but you have another camp that says the, that the Holy Spirit is nothing. There's no function of the Holy Spirit, that we're at a place that the Holy Spirit doesn't move in the miraculous anymore. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that anymore. And my concern is that there's, there's been camps that are overemphasized the Holy Spirit and misused the Holy Spirit. And there's another camp that has underemphasized the move of the Holy Spirit and also misused the Holy Spirit. And what that has done in the body of Christ, that it created a lot of confusion. And here's what I know about confused people is that confused people do nothing. The reason why confused people do nothing is because oftentimes human beings have the tendency to reject what they don't understand. And we end up getting so weirded out and spooked out that we end up losing out unintentionally of the greatest gift that Jesus has left his church. So one of the reasons uh, I make this, 
I make this comparison is because there are so many people that are losing out on what God has given to the church because they're spooked out, because they're weirded out, because they are simply confused. But what Jesus says is that, hey, hey, listen, I need you to get this, that you will receive power. That when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to get something. That when the Holy Spirit, something, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to receive something. That when the Holy Spirit shows up, he doesn't just show up empty-handed. That when the Holy Spirit shows up, he gives you something. And what he tells his followers is that when the Holy Spirit comes, is that you're going to receive something that you need to function on this earth and to fulfill the assignment that I've given you. He says you're going to receive power, you're going to receive authority, you're going to be able to walk on serpents and on snakes and on, and, and on scorpions, you're going to receive power, but what I've learned is that the enemy, before he tries to conquer you, he first tries to confuse you. So what it produces is that you have people coming to church, singing the songs, clapping their hands, but then walking back home, living powerless marriages, powerless decisions, powerless actions, powerless homes, powerless upbringing, living a regular, ordinary, stagnant, dull, powerless life. When Jesus is ultimately saying, listen, the life that I've called you to live requires, what I've called you to do requires for you to live and tap into a higher voltage of power. And let me tell you, when we begin, when we stop tapping into the higher voltage of power that he's made accessible to you so that you can accomplish what he's called you to do, you literally start downgrading your life to operate under a lesser form of power. Jesus is like, listen, I need you to catch this, that I've given you power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he gives you power power and he gives you power to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit you don't just live a defeated life you don't live an ordinary life you don't sit there at the losing side of your problems but my friends when you tap into the Holy Spirit I want to tell you right now there's no demon that can stand before you there's no mountain that you cannot move there's no devil demon or flesh that can rise up against you when you tap into that power let me tell you there's no temptation that you cannot conquer there's no chaos that you can't walk through with the peace of God when you walk in power you walk in the authority that he's given you I don't know about you but I'm done living an ordinary regular in my own strength feeble and fickle power I'm ready to type into a higher voltage of power so that I can walk into come on if you believe that in this he's given us listen He's given us power. I need you to hear this. Because my, my concern is that you hear this, you get excited, but we walk out here empty-handed. What he wants for us is to walk in power. And can I tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you walk in power. And hear me very clearly. Hear me this. That the enemy knows how much power you have. You are more powerful than you know. You are more, listen to me, you are more powerful than you know. We walk 
sometimes ignorant of the power we possess when the enemy knows exactly how much power we possess. When I went to Dominican Republic, I was there for a few days. And by the way, I was six foot one, 260 pounds at that time. I lost 22, so, so I was scared. I started eating again, maybe nine pounds a man. You know, but at that time, I was 260. 260 pounds of pure muscle. What's so, what's so funny? And I thought I was going to go there to encounter God, but I ended up encountering the devil in the form of a tarantula. And can I tell you, I was petrified. I was petrified. Can I, can I, can I, I'm not joking. Like, I've never seen this outside of a TV screen. Like, I'm sitting there, laying down, half dead, four days, no eating, just on water, and that thing shows up in my life. And I promise you, I'm like there, laying down on the sofa. I'm like, George, George. He's like, why, why? I'm like, please tell me that ain't real. Please tell me that ain't real. Please tell me that ain't real. I get up six foot one of pure muscle, and I'm like, George, what are you, George, you better go. You know why? Because of my understanding of a tarantula. See, I was always taught that a tarantula could take you out, that a tarantula could destroy you, that a tarantula could, so many people, but when you do more research, you realize that they're actually more scared of you than you are of them. Can I tell you something about the enemy? The enemy is more scared of you than you are of it. The enemy is more petrified of you than you are of him. The enemy knows that if you will walk in your authority, he would have no room in your life. The enemy knows that in a moment you can stop over his head. The enemy knows that the only power that he has over you is your ignorance of your own power. The enemy knows that if he can just make you think that you are powerless, he can dominate in your life. I was running away from that thing and I was six foot one, but George decided to use his power and authority Authority. Can I show you? Can we put that up? Look at that thing. You don't oh think we should God. kill it? You don't think we should kill it? I'm going to keep you PG-13, so we're not going to show the brutal murder of that spider. But we took our authority. And when I say we, he took the authority, and he trampled over that spider. That's the same thing with our authority in Christ, that as long as the enemy could get you to think that you are powerless and that he has power over you, listen, he knows that you are more powerful than you know, and he'll keep you in your ignorance so that he can keep you in fear, so that he can keep you in depression, so that he can keep you in anxiety. But the moment you realize that you are more powerful than the spider, that you're more powerful than depression, that you're more powerful than sickness, then you can walk on it and stomp on the head. Listen, he's called us to walk, and the enemy knows, listen, the only power that he has against you is your ignorance, is the lack of you knowing that you're six foot one, 260 pounds full of muscle. Jesus tells his disciples, listen, I'm going to leave you. But don't worry because the same power that you saw me walk with is the same power you're going to receive. And if you think that that's only for the disciples of that time, Paul seems to think a little bit different because Paul says that the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, how many know that's high voltage power? 
He says, that same spirit that, that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit, that same spirit that allowed Jesus to conquer the grave, that same spirit that put breath back into the life of his body, that same spirit that rose him from the tomb, that same spirit that started his heart beating, that same power lives on the inside of you. I wonder what it looked like that the next time the enemy came at you, you didn't respond with panic, but you responded with power. I wonder the next time the enemy came at you with a financial situation, you didn't respond with panic, you responded with power. The next time he put doubt in your mind, you didn't respond with panic, you responded with power. The next time you received a negative doctor's report, you didn't respond with panic and fear and trepidation, but you responded with authority and with power. Come on, if you want to step into the authority God has given you, release your power right now through your praise. Open up your mouth, give him a shout of praise in this room. Let him know I'm ready to receive this authority. I'm ready to walk it. I'm tired. The enemy trying to get ground. Not because I don't got the power. Simply because I'm ignorant of it. I'm tired of allowing the enemy to get the upper hand in my marriage. Simply because I refuse to walk in the authority that God has given me. What begins to happen when you become ignorant your power, you will respond in panic and you will try to use authority over people. God has never given us power over people. He's given us power over things. I tell you right now, a clear indication of you not walking in your power is you trying to control people. Someone shout, I got the power. Someone shout, I got the power. So I want to tell you the kind of power you have. In the next 27 minutes, I want to share with you the kind of power you have. Because if you don't know what you have, you'll never use it. And what God wants for us, this church today, listen to me clear, is that you would walk in the authority God has given you. And the first kind of power you have is word power. Write that down. Is word power. Word power the Holy Spirit gives you the power to overcome negative thoughts with his word. See, I know sometimes we hear messages like authority and we're ready to, you know, go into the promised land and conquer the giants. But before you can conquer the giants outside, you have to conquer the giant inside. <sighs> I'll tell you this. Most of the giants that you perceive on the outside are only a result of you not conquering the giants on the inside. You know what's the first giant that the people of Israel had to conquer? It was not the giants that they saw, it was the giant of their own perception. See, because the reason that they saw them as giants and they perceived them as giants is because they perceived themselves as grasshoppers. I wonder if there weren't even giants in the land, it was only their perception of what they saw themselves as that made them think that what they were facing was greater than who God has called them to be. See, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to overcome negative thoughts through his word. Has anybody here ever had a struggle with negative thoughts? It's only five people. I'll try that again. 
Is there anybody here who's ever had a struggle with negative thoughts? Can I tell you the secret to overcoming negative thoughts? You do not overcome negative thoughts with positive thoughts. You overcome, and this is something that neuroscience is catching up and realizing itself, that you don't overcome negative thoughts with positive thoughts. In fact, you don't overcome negative thinking with positive thinking. You actually overcome negative thoughts with positive words. You don't fight a thought with a thought. You have to fight a thought with a word. And what the enemy is so good at is just, watch this, it's just floating thoughts over your head. And he's just waiting for the opportunity for you to take it as your own. And you know how you take it as your own? Not by thinking it, but by declaring it. So oftentimes we use our power to affirm what the enemy's putting in our mind instead of to counteract what the enemy's trying to destroy us with in our thought life. Have you ever had, like, I've had thoughts about Lisa. I saw, like, I've seen Lisa in my mind. In my mind, she's beautiful and gorgeous, but then I see these like, little horns coming up. You know what I mean? Anybody? Like, oh, you too? All right. That's the name of the Lord. Like, that being you? Like, I've literally had thoughts. Like, I remember there was one time we were talking about, like, in my own mind. I was just cleaning the car, and I had this thought. And I, I had this thought as clear as day. Here's the thought, and here's the slick thing about the enemy. The enemy will make you think it's your own thought. And what he'll do, watch this, watch this. So here was the thought that he gave me. You know Lisa loves her kids more than she loves yours. That was it. In my own mind. In my own mind. And what happens if you don't conquer negative thoughts with words, they just remain as thoughts that are rumorating in your mind. This is how it goes. Yeah, Lisa loves her kids more than she loves yours. She does, doesn't she? All right. Well, then you know what? I'm going to stop talking to her kids. <laughs> I don't care about them either. I'm going to start loving my kids more than I love hers. And, you know, I always knew that. I always, I always had that feeling. You see it? You see it building? I always had that feeling. I always kind of sensed she loved her kids more than she loved mine. She spends more money on them. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm done with her. I'm going to stop loving her. She's so selfish. so selfish. I see here the way she looks herself in the mirror. <laughs> Conceited. <laughs> here it goes. And then she's up there on the worship. <laughs> worship everybody. <laughs> Jesus, we love you. Why do you love my kids the way you love Jesus? <laughs> do you see it? Do you see it? Instead of canceling the thought, I let the thought take life. And what the Apostle Paul says in a letter to the church in Corinth 
is he says this, you have to take the thought captive. Now, look at the language that he's using. He's using the language of a prisoner. And what he is saying is, watch this, this is the implication of his, of his text. And this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. What he's saying is, is that this kind of prisoner, if you don't take captive, will end up making you the prisoner. So what happens is, is that oftentimes, instead of taking the prisoner captive, we allow the prisoner to take us captive, relinquishing our authority. And this is what the enemy is so good at. Oh, there, listen, we have 60,000 thoughts a day, and statistically speaking, according to neuroscience, 80% of them are negative, which means there's some of us that the enemy doesn't bring you problems. He just lets you be paralyzed with your thoughts. And when you can execute authority over your own thoughts, oh, you are 75% ahead. When you learn to dominate what's going on here, oh my God, you walk in a different level of authority. You walk in a different level of power because the enemy knows that an undisciplined mind becomes his playground. And all he has to do is pass thoughts and feelings and attitudes over your heads and your impressions and you come in agreement with it. But I wonder what it would look like if we had a church that instead of accepting every single thought that came to mind, we would start, watch this, holding it captive to the obedience of Christ. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. In the context, this was so profound. In the original Greek, when he's talking about taking the thought captive, the thoughts that he's actually talking about is thoughts that are patterns, watch this, patterns of thoughts that go against the authority of God. That's what he's talking about. So have you had a thought that goes against the authority of God? What do, what do I mean? Have you had a thought that goes against with what God's word says about how you should correspond in your marriage? Oh, we just, I just got to look out for me. You look out for you, I look out for myself. This is, have you had a thought that goes, goes against the way you should raise your children? You know what Paul says? Take it prisoner before it takes you prisoner. And, and, here's, what, and here's what we, uh, this is why when we begin to walk in word power, when we begin to walk in our authority, the number one way that we can execute our authority, Christ uncensored, is by releasing God's word out of our lips. It's by declaring God's word out of our lips. So what happens? The enemy comes and he tells you, listen, your marriage is always going to be this way. You've already seen the best of your marriage. All you have is hell to face. Why don't you just leave him? You can either accept that thought or you can say, you know what? What God has joined together can no man separate. You can either accept the thoughts that the enemy crosses upon your mind or you can take it captive to the, to the obedience of Christ. So when the enemy comes and says, hey, you're going to be broke. Do you, do you fight that thought in your brain? and in your thought life or do you begin to declare God's word I don't know about you but when the enemy comes and he says hey you're always going to be broke I'm going to say oh no sucker Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 says he will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches he might come and say hey you need to give up you're always going to be miserable you're always going to be unhappy no you say Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 said the joy of the Lord is my strength he's going to say hey you're never going to be successful I'm sorry devil but the Bible says in Deuteronomy 
Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. He's given me the power to be successful. He's going to say you've blown it again. You've sinned. You've made the same mistake again and again. Why don't you just give up on your faith? Why don't you disown God? You know why? Because according to Romans chapter 5 it says that we're sin abound. I said we're sin abound. Grace much more abound. Is there anybody here that's ready to release God's authority through your words? Make some noise in this place. You got word power and you have number two, write this down. You have faith power. See, you'll never use what you don't know you have. But the moment you know you have it, you can begin using it. So I know that I got word power. Word power says, anytime I get a negative thought, I declare God's word. It's, it's like knee-jerk reaction. Knee-jerk re- I get a negative thought, I declare God's word. You know how you know if something is of God or is it not? When you get the thought, say it in Jesus' name. I'm depressed in Jesus' name. No, that don't add up. That don't add up. It's, it's a contradiction. I'm always going to be like this in Jesus' name. No, that don't add up either. That's how, that's how you can tell. And so when that begins to rumorate in your brain, you begin to declare God's word. Give you an example. Let me count to 10. I saw this and I thought this was a great illustration. Count to 10. I'm going to tell you when to stop. And I'm going to tell you what to say. Count to 10 in your brain right now. 10. Ready? Go. Shout Jesus. What happened to the count? How do you stop negative thoughts? You start declaring God's word. You start declaring your authority. You start declaring your victory. Second thing you got is faith power. And what faith power is, is that it's the Holy Spirit gives you the power to face your fears with faith. See, what the Bible says is that he says in Luke chapter 10, he says, Behold, you give, you, I give you authority to trample on serpents and on scorpions. I like this word trample because... As I was reading this, I felt like God was telling me, Ro, you know how many people come and talk to me and pray to me about their serpents and their scorpions? There's vigils about serpents and scorpions. People are fasting about serpents and scorpions. People are begging me to get rid of the serpents and the scorpions in their life. And I'm over here like, just trample on them. What if we've been trying to assign to God what he's given us authority over? It's like, he's like, God, God, please, the scorpions. God, please, the snakes. God is saying, you have the authority to trample on scorpions. You have the authority to trample on snakes. Stop trying to reassign to me what I've given you authority over. You're trying, there's some things that we don't need to pray about anymore. We just need to walk in the authority that God has given us. We need to walk in the power that God has given us. And so you're over here asking God, God, please. God is saying, no, I already gave it to you. Does my, God, please, no, no, tap into the God in you, which is the Holy Spirit. God, please, no, no, I've already given you my Ruach. I've already given you my Numa, and I've given it to you freely. So now go and release it. See, I, I, I use this illustration at Matrix, and, and I remember when I first moved into my house, my house is like, it's an old 
built house. And when I first walked into my home, Pastor Marquez, there was no lighting in the ceiling, but there was light switches. So I didn't know. So I was like, why would someone have a light switch and there's no lights? And then there was a socket that didn't work. And I was there for six months, but there was a socket on the other side. And what I did was I took an extension cord and wired it all around just so it could be where the socket I needed to be. Now, the cable guy came and he's like, I'm gonna plug the cable box here. And I'm like, no, that don't work. He said to me, of course it works. I said, bro, this is my house, calm down. Don't be telling me what works or doesn't work in my house. See what happens? You try to control people when you don't know the power you have. So I took an extension cord, rewired the whole thing. He's like, yo, there's power there. I was like, no, there isn't. He goes, yeah, look, you just got to flip that switch. Oh, uh-huh. I was just testing you. Did, did you realize something? That, that there was power in that outlet. But because I didn't know of the power that that outlet possessed, I was rewiring and creating systems and going about it in my own effort when all I needed to be aware of is that there's power there. All I need to do is flip the switch. See, there's some people right now that God has given you the power. God has given you the authority. And can I tell you that this is your life right here. This is you. And you're like, God! Turn on the light. Get the devil off my back. Can't you see the scorpion? And God is like, I've given you the power. All you got to do is flip the switch. Someone shout, flip the switch. Someone shout, flip, flip the switch. Someone shout, flip the switch. There's so many of us that God has made his power made. He's he given you the access, the power. See, the power is already provided to you. All you got to do is... Flip the switch. And so many of us, so many people, so many of God's children are living their life like this because they haven't flipped the switch. And so many of us are treating our finances in the same way and we're saying, God, please deal with the scorpions, deal with the snakes, deal with the mountains. When he's saying, oh, my child, all you need to do is flip the switch. There's this verse in the Bible that says, in Mark chapter 11, it says, Jesus answered him, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Face your fears with faith. Face your fears with faith. The truth is, you can say to that mountain, go and fall into the sea. And if you have no doubt in your mind and you believe it, what you say will happen. What God is saying is saying, listen, stop talking to me about how big your mountain is and start talking to your mountain about how big I am. Stop talking to me about how poisonous the scorpion is and start trampling on the scorpions in your life. Stop coming to me about the problems that I've placed under your authority, about the situations that I've placed under your authority. Stop praying and start proclaiming and walking in it. Listen, you got word power and you got faith power. And what God is waiting for you to do is just to flip the switch. 
I wonder what it would look like if you flipped the switch today. I want you to think about the, that, that thing. You know that thing right now as I'm speaking, it's coming to mind. And God is saying, all you need to do, my child, all you need to do, my daughter, is flip the switch. Because he says, you can tell that mountain to move. Did you, watch this, this is so good. I'm going to watch this when I, on YouTube. <laughs> Take notes. Maybe I'll be making myself cry, right? I'll be like, oh my God. Anyway, and then she preached and she made herself cry. I was like, you see what I'm saying? I'm coming to my own own to call fast. I was reading this, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, did you see that, he, that when, when I said move the mountain, I'm not talking about literal mountains. He's saying reposition the boundaries. See, because the boundary, see, the mountain makes his presence known and establishes a boundary. The mountain says, hey, you can't go here anymore. But when he says, when you know your authority... You can tell that mountain to reposition itself. There's some of us here that have allowed the mountains to remain in our lives. And we're figure, we've become great mountain climbers. And we've become great mountain go-arounders. And we're going around the mountain. And we've created a system behind the mountain. When God is saying, no, you can set the boundary. The mountain of depression, you're, no, you're not welcome here anymore. The mountain of anxiety, you're not welcome here anymore. The mountain of fear, you're not welcome here. The mountain of addiction, you're not welcome here anymore. You can tell that mountain you are not welcome here anymore because I am a child of God and I've been given authority and I'm, I, this is the last day that you remain in my presence. You got word power. You have faith power. Man, the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you power. He gives you power that you can execute through word. It gives you power that you can execute by stepping out in faith. I wonder what it would look like if you stepped out in faith with authority. I want you to think about it. What, I want you to think about this. There's something that God has called you to do and you're not doing it because you're so scared to step out in faith. I wonder how many ideas have been lost because we have lost our authority. Not really lost it, it's just become ignorant of it. There's some things that you know in your heart, in your heart of hearts, man, like God has called me to do this. Like I can do this. And because you're not stepping out in faith, you're making sure you're doing it in your own strength. Well, every T has to be crossed, every I has, no, no, my friend, you're doing it under a lower voltage of power. I'm calling you to step out in faith, which is a greater voltage of power, because I'm the one that sustains. He's giving you power over sickness. He's giving you power even over finances. You know, in the kingdom, wealth is common because the king owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And the gratification of the king is that he has people who are wealthy. That's something that God was wrecking me this weekend. Like sometimes we're so big at preaching about being a beggar and suffering for Christ, and God is like, no, I've given you the power to get wealth. There's so many ideas that have fallen dead because we're so scared to step out in faith, step out in the power and the authority that he's given us.
He's given us power over sickness. There's some sicknesses that we've accepted in our lives. And I, and I know that, that's when we're like, well, what do you mean? It's just, like God doesn't want to heal me. No, God wants to heal you. Can I tell you that if you're not healed, it's not because God doesn't want to. I don't know why it's all the time that people are not healed. I don't know why sometimes. I don't know why Jesus was 100 for 100. I'm like 57 for 100. Here's what I do know, though. I do know that the power has been made available. And you know what? That I've learned that more people get healed when people execute their authority than when they stay silent. So listen, I don't know why everybody doesn't get healed, but I do know it's not because God, doesn't, God hasn't provided the supply of power. But I know this, that more people get healed when you begin to take authority over sickness, when you take, it, take authority over disease. Listen, I get it. We have, to, we have to follow the guidelines of COVID with what's happening in the world. Who knows what's happening? Here's what I do know for sure. I take authority over COVID. I take authority over disease. I take authority over sickness. We take the guidelines. We we eat healthy. You know what we also do? We don't put our trust in our health. We put our trust in God. Can we give God a shout of praise in this room? Here we go. Last one. Last one. You have grace power. Number three. You have grace power. And what grace power does, it says that the Holy Spirit gives you power that is sealed by the finished work of Jesus as the worship team comes up. But the Holy Spirit gives you power that is sealed. Now this is very important because the moment you begin to use your authority and the moment you start gaining ground, the moment you start executing God's word and releasing authority and releasing power, what happens is that the enemy tries to convince you that you're not worthy to use that kind of power. This is why you have to know where that power, the power that you possess, you have to know the kind of power you possess. It's word power. You can release words over your thoughts. It's faith power. You can step and face your fears with faith. But it's also grace power, which means that the power itself doesn't belong to me. This is why you can't get high off your own power. This is why pride doesn't live where there's power. Earthly power, yes. Positional power on, in this world, yes. People get high off their own power. But in the kingdom? Oh no, my friends. I know it's power that, watch this, he says, as freely as you have received. How did you receive it? Through grace. That's why it's grace power. And you start executing it, you start walking it, and then you mess up and the devil tells you, you can't use your power. How are you going to pray for people when you, when, you, when you still struggle with depression? You know how many times, you know how many times the devil told me in my ear, how are you going to pray for, you, for people? You're still wearing glasses. I promise that's what he told me. That's what he told me. How are you going to pray for people? You're still wearing glasses. Because you start making you think that your, part, your authority is something that you've earned. And the power is something that you 
have acquired, when the power has been freely given, you know how? Through grace. How did you receive forgiveness? Through grace. Well, the same way you receive forgiveness, you received authority. The same way you receive, listen to me, the same way you receive the forgiveness of sins is the same conduit that was used to provide you authority and power. So when the enemy comes, he'll be like, you? You're going to pray for people? You're going to declare? I saw, you wasn't declaring that last night. I saw the way you were talking to Lisa. I mean, hypothetically. I saw, the, I saw what you were watching last night. You're going to execute our authority. Read it, cute. We'll try to convince you that it's, that it's authority and power that you gain through your performance. It's no wonder why when the disciples came back and said, hey, man, we're using all this authority. You know what he said? Hey, man, you don't have to celebrate that. That's free. Celebrate when someone gets saved. Because that's where it all starts. That's true authority. That's really only the byproduct of the gospel. Because as freely as you receive, freely you can give. Often, this is why it's grace power. The reason that it's grace power, because grace power is understanding that your power is not a result of what you do, but whose you are. That's what grace power is. It's not a result of what you do, but who you are. It's the same thing like a police officer. That a police officer trying to stop traffic on his day off will have no results. Because his person doesn't carry authority, but the department he belongs to, he's able to execute authority. And that's why when he's, he has a badge, the Bible says that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's who you belong to. The reason I walk in authority is not because of my own devotion and my own dedication. It's because of who I belong to. You know why, you know why the seven sons of Sceva couldn't rebuke a demon? You know why? Because they said in the name that Paul preaches. You see? They didn't know who they belonged to. It was a counterfeit. It was a facade. They weren't connected to the power source, but they wanted to execute power. See, when you are in the kingdom and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, my friends, you have power, and your power doesn't come from self. Your power comes from a higher voltage of power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet today. As I read this last verse, we're going to sing this song. And it's called Champion. And I asked the worship team to sing this because I think this is a perfect worship song that declares that the reason that we can, that Jesus is our champion, but also we walk in the authority that he's made available. But it's not through our own power, it's because of his grace. And so I want to read this verse and I want you to catch this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9, 19. Listen to this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and 
What happened after he was raised from the dead? Oh, it didn't, Pastor Marquez, it didn't finish at the grave. It didn't finish at the empty tomb. You know, Christians, we're so good at talking about the cross, which I think is the most essential. The cross, the burial, we identify with the burial, and we identify with the resurrection, resurrection power. But you know which one we always forget? The one that we have to dwell with, the one we have to live with, which is what? That we're seated. We forget that we're seated. It's like we get excited, oh, cross power, buried power, resurrection power. What about seated power? You got seated power. Watch this. This is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, but it didn't finish at an empty tomb. He was seated in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Continue. Now he is above. Where is Jesus? He's above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. You know what it says in another translation? It says he is above and the enemy is under his feet. God has put all things under the authority. That word there, authority, is under his feet in this context. They translate it here as authority. But the original language is under his feet. Watch this. Under the, uh, of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of who? The church. God was seated with, Jesus was seated in the heavenly realm for the benefit of the church. Watch this. And the church is his body and is made full and complete in Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Continue. Next verse. Look what the next chapter says. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. And who's seated now? Wait, who's seated? Where's, wait. Go back, go back, go back, go back to the other verse. Where it talks about, go forward. Now he is far above any ruler or authority, every power, every leader, anything else. Not only in the world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under his authority and he has seated him next to God. But guess, everything is under Christ and Christ is seated in heavenly places. And if everything's under Christ and he's seated in heavenly places and I'm seated with him, Wait, <laughs> he's seated, all authority, watch this. Do you know that the head can do nothing without the body? But the body can't do anything without the head. So what Jesus Christ understood was there was a corpse of his body. And the reason that he died was to reconnect the head to the body. Watch this, when he reconnects the head to the body, now we are seated with Christ, because why? We are the body. But watch this. He says that all demonic power is under the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but the feet is part of the body. I don't know about you, but I heard that and I said, 
I'm ready to be the feet of Jesus. I'm ready to be the body of Christ because as long as I'm connected to the head, as long as these feet are connected to the head, it means that all authority is placed under my feet. All authority of the enemy, all sickness, all disease, all depression, it's under the feet of Jesus. And I'm the body. Can you believe that? Can we give God some praise in this place? Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.